Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Dee Dee Trotter, Olympic gold medalist and three-time Olympian, and you're listening to TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. edition of Taylor A Sports with yours truly, Kevin Taylor, coming to you from my hometown, the capital city of Georgia, of Atlanta. Well, of course, my friends, you know the motto of the show. It is we're talking sports from Atlanta and around the country. So get ready for the next 30 minutes as we get you caught up on all things sports in Atlanta and from here, there, and almost everywhere. <laughs> Make sure that you keep up with me anytime, of course, on social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at KevinTaylor98. Again, that's KevinTaylor98 is where you'll be able to find me. And, of course, it's always great to hear from you, no matter where you are, where you're listening to the program. It's always good to reach out because I always enjoy meeting new people, having new friends, as well as those who listen to the program because, of course, this program is for you, and I enjoy bringing it to you, and it's just a lot of fun because Atlanta has so much to offer with sports because right now we have football season that's basically getting underway. The Falcons are still in preseason, but there's a lot of fanfare around that. Last season for the Georgia Dome, also you've got – UGA, because according to them, they run the state (laughs) in football, and a new era will be taking shape inside the Georgia Dome, as a matter of fact, on September 3rd, when the Bulldogs take on North Carolina. So a lot will be uh, around that game as we go into the next coming weeks, as well as we've got Georgia Tech. They They will be beginning their season over in Dublin, Ireland against Boston College. So that is going to be a a tremendous atmosphere there as well. So a lot is going to be going into the next couple of weeks as we get ready for September and the start of football season. And, of course, we cannot forget about Georgia State. That's right, Georgia State is coming off of a bowl season in the uh, Cure Bowl. So not a lot of people expected them to get to a bowl last season, but they were able to do it. And they kick off their season coming up next Friday, September 2nd, inside the Georgia Dome. So, hey, the Georgia Dome is going to be the place to be for the final season of the Georgia Dome. And it's the last season of Turner Field. 
September will begin to count. Well, the countdown has already begun. It was already uh, the countdown when the season started, actually, um, for the end of the Georgia. I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, Turner Field uh, uh, portion of the Braves season, the home portion. But I think it will be more so um, as we go into September. The last game will be, of course, the last Sunday. I'm sorry, the first Sunday in in uh, October against Detroit. Uh, with the Braves series against Detroit. But at the same time, it's the last season there. You've got some great prospects. Desby Swanson uh, is, is now up for the for the team. So a lot is going on right now in Atlanta. And of course, you have some Georgia ties in the Olympics. So just a lot of fun right now covering Atlanta sports. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And, of course, again, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KevinTaylor98. Also, on this program, we're going to recap the Atlanta Falcons' win in preseason against the Cleveland Browns. Also, preview their game this week against Miami. You'll hear comments from head coach Dan Quinn along with quarterback Matt Ryan. Also, we'll be previewing Georgia's game against uh, uh, we'll be previewing Georgia's game against North Carolina as well as Georgia State as they prepare for Ball State. And also we'll talk a little Braves baseball on this edition of the program. So thank you so much for being a, a, a part of the show this week. So let's get it started, all right? And the Atlanta Falcons, like I told you, hey, they're getting ready to face Miami down in Orlando. It's, it's week three of the preseason. And, of course, a lot of people say that week three of the preseason is like the dress rehearsal. you got the starters playing more as well as you've got uh, just overall work that's being uh, done to kind of prepare for the regular season in week one, the final the, the, the final phase, I guess, of the game plan. And the players who will be an integral part of the game plan will be going into this game here. So we'll see how that goes. And in the last game against Cleveland, the Falcons, actually, their offense recorded almost 500 yards of total offense. While the defense, hey, they shut out the Browns in the second half to pull out their second win of the preseason. The Falcons are 2-0, and of course. And uh, that's a good sign as they get ready for the regular season. The Falcons' offense recorded a total of 498 yards, and that's the second straight week that the offense has recorded 300-plus yards of total offense. The team's high uh, for number of yards gained in a game is 587, and that was versus the St. Louis Cardinals way back in 1980. In week eight of the 2015 season, the Falcons recorded 496 total yards, and that was against Tampa Bay which was a season high. The team also recorded 224 yards rushing on the night. And uh, the running game has just been great in the preseason. i got to give it uh, to the running backs. And uh, you've got a great tandem of uh, Devontae Freeman. You've got uh, Tevin Coleman. Uh, you've got Wiles in the backfield. You've got uh, Tarek Ward. So just an abundance back there in the backfield that the Falcons can choose from and take some of the load off of Matt Ryan in that passing game. Uh, but it does open up the passing game as well. Uh, the first team offense started the game off with a nine-play, 71-yard drive, and that was capped off with a 19-yard touchdown run by Devontae Freeman. Freeman finished the game with four carries of 42 yards, an average of 10.5 yards per carry. Last season, he earned his first Pro Bowl selection after rushing for just over 1,000 yards with 11 touchdowns and 578 yards on 73 catches. Four, three scores. So Devontae Freeman is really picking up from where he left off last season. Quarterback Matt Ryan finished the night 6 of 11 with 78 yards and a 
77 quarterback rating. Last season, Ryan completed 407 of 614 pass attempts, and that was about a 66% average there for about uh, a little over 4,500 yards uh, on the season and 21 touchdowns, 16 picks, and an 89 quarterback rating. Now, also, quarterback Matt Shaw finished the game 8 of 12 for 78 yards and about an 85 passer rating. Uh, Ricky running back Brandon Wiles recorded a 32-yard touchdown run in the third quarter. That run was his second touchdown run of the preseason. Wiles finished the game with eight carries for 49 yards and an average of 6.1 yards per carry. Now, the defense, hey, they held the Browns to 243 yards total, and that's the second straight game the defense has held their opponent to under 250 total yards. Defensive end Adrian Claiborne recorded his first sack of the preseason and the first sack of the game for the Falcons in the second quarter. Claiborne also recorded three total tackles, including two tackles for loss. And last season, he played in all 16 games with four starts in his first year with the Falcons. And uh, he actually had 15 tackles, 14 solo, with three sacks and one fumble recovery. So good to uh, have him uh, coming along. And the Falcons really played well against Cleveland. Of course, the big play of the game was uh, RG3 to Terrell uh, uh, Pryor in the first quarter against Desmond Trufant. Very rare you'll see that, but I don't think you'll see that in the regular season. The Falcons are pretty much, as we record this program on Wednesday, August 24th, pretty much down at Orlando right about now. But uh, they're getting ready for their big game on Thursday against the Dolphins as they prepare for week three of the preseason. Kickoff is at 8 p.m., and you can catch the game on NBC. So, of course, it's going to be a nationally televised game. Now, of course, people are wondering, why are the Falcons playing in Orlando against Miami? Well, there are two reasons. One is... Dolphins are having a new stadium built. Uh, I think it's going to be called the Hard Rock Stadium. And um, uh, they're putting some finishing touches on that on that stadium, as well as the Pro Bowl is going to be in Orlando this season. So you're going to have a test run with this preseason game as well. So a couple of things are going to be going into this week. So Falcons are going to be in their test phase, and uh, as uh, we'll see how many people respond. And, uh, hopefully it's going to be a great turnout down for this preseason game. Now, of course, the Falcons were working hard this past weekend getting ready for this game, and I was at practice this past weekend, and I had a chance to uh, hear from Coach Dan Quinn. And let's uh, start with him. uh, He was actually speaking of what he did not really like so far in the preseason. I didn't think we were as sharp tackling defensively as we were the first week. And then this week we'll bring a new different style. Um, they'll play a little bit more no huddle and up-tempo uh, offense, so uh, that'll be a good challenge for us as well. Offensively, uh, we want to make sure, can we just own this ball? And uh, that part of our game we're still working on. Um, we're still going to feature the, you know, the run game like we have been, but uh, I was pleased in that, in that regard last week. Can we continue to build from that? Coach Quinn, how Dwight Freeney was progressing in the defensive scheme. Yeah, I'd say right now, I'd say the comfort level is, uh, you know, the arrow is pointing up. Um, we're not where we're going to be all the way yet. You know, with just one exhibition game in, we'll do them a few more in this game, and especially to help him get ready on third down. And uh, that's the real factor that we're hoping he can provide for us. Uh, such an important down. If he can add some value to the team that way, that's really how we're going to try and emphasize him. And we'll do a little bit of that in this game as well. Now let's hear from quarterback Matt Ryan giving us his assessment of what happened last week against Cleveland and what he expects to happen this week against the Dolphins. Yeah, I thought we did a good job the other night. Um, obviously got off to a good start, scored on that first drive. 
Uh, I thought our offensive line played really well. We ran the ball effectively the entire game. Uh, so it was good. It was good to see some improvement, and that's what we got to do again this week. We got to try and get better, uh, prepare really well this week, and, and um, go down to Orlando and play Miami and play them really well. I mean, obviously, you want to win. Anytime you go out there and uh, and you're going out there to compete, you want to win. So I think that's first and foremost. We talk about that all the time. Um, but we want to go out there and, and play better than we did, you know, the week before. I mean, that's one of our goals is to continue, continue to get better week in and week out. And uh, I thought we made strides from week one to week two, and hopefully we can do the same this week. Now here's what Matt had to say after I asked him about how the success of the running game has opened up opportunities in the passing game. I thought our run, run game was uh, effective last week. I thought our offensive line did a really nice job. You know, all of our backs ran the ball really hard, uh, which is really encouraging to see. And, that puts a lot of stress on a defense anytime you can run the ball like that. It certainly uh, helps your offensive line and pass protection. It certainly opens up uh, some lanes to throw down the field. All right. I don't think that you're going to see the same Miami team that was trounced by Dallas in their last preseason game last week. I think Miami will come out very aggressive. But I think the Falcons' offense will be playing very aggressive as well. And they're going to take some shots down the field. I really feel that. Of course, you're going to see a lot of the first team in this game and on both sides of the ball, as a matter of fact. So I really feel that the Falcons will come out very aggressive, especially on offense and also defense. I believe they're going to get out of the quarterback and try to establish a pass rush very effectively. So we're going to probably see that and see how work, how that's working, especially Big Beasley as he's still suffering from a uh, shoulder injury, uh, uh, I believe an AC sprain. But uh, we're going to see how effective he may be and uh, if he's going to uh, play a lot of snaps. So we're not uh, sure yet as to uh, if he's going to be playing uh, for an extended amount of time. But I'm pretty sure he will be in there at some point, if not starting. So that's what you can look out for in this week's game against Miami on Thursday night. And, again, that game will kick off at 8 p.m. on NBC. It's Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. Now, shifting gears to the college game, hey, Georgia State, with the season opener now less than two weeks away, there were a lot of people who braved the heat and humidity last weekend to cheer on the Panthers in their final scrimmage on Saturday at the GSU Practice Complex. Georgia State hosts Ball State on Friday, September 2nd. That's right, Friday, September 2nd at 7 p.m. inside the Georgia Dome. Head coach Trent Miles was pleased with the effort of his squad after a tough week of practice. He said, we did some things good offensively and defensively, and we got in some good work on special teams. We were not quite as physical as we wanted to be on the defensive side, but there were a lot fewer mental mistakes and procedural mistakes as well. So uh, Georgia State is getting ready to uh, embark on another season in which I know they want to get back to a bowl bid. Quarterbacks uh, Connor Manning and Aaron Winchester shared most of the reps with the first offense team, and uh, sophomore Emory uh, Scaife is still in the mix as well at quarterback, so no definitive uh, choice has been made there. Winchester did connect with running back Glenn Smith for a 26-yard touchdown pass while Manning found Todd Boyd for an 11-yard scoring play. And on the two-minute drill, Winchester hit Marquand Green in the corner of the end zone from 16 yards out as Green made an impressive one-handed grab. Uh, now, running back uh, Kyler Neal added a three-yard scoring run. And working with the backups, Jaquez Parks led a touchdown drive uh, that was capped by a four-yard scoring run by walk-on Maurice Launchner. So, uh, Georgia State, like I said, getting ready 
for Ball State inside the Georgia Dome on September 2nd. And now the next day, the Georgia Bulldogs, they'll kick off their season, like I told you earlier, against North Carolina in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. And uh, the Bulldogs, say hey, they actually had their second scrimmage of their fall camp, and that was last weekend as well. The team got some work between the hedges uh, before Lightning actually delayed uh, some of the uh, activities there and forced everyone into the locker room for about 40 minutes, and that was less than an hour into practice. But uh, when they came back out of the field, uh, they got to work on all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And uh, head coach Kirby Smart said the good thing is we got to practice in the rain, which I think is always important. Uh, After the delay, the special teams went a bit downhill, kind of got sloppy. But I thought the kids had good energy, and the offense played uh, with uh, basically some some good effort there. So uh, it was good to see that. And uh, like I said, they're getting ready for North Carolina. I I don't think that it's going to be a – an easy walk in the park for Georgia in this game. I think North Carolina will come ready to play, but I think Georgia will get the win. And I think the Bulldogs, you're going to see a lot of effort. They're not going to give up because that's not Kirby Smart. If you really want to have a place on that Georgia Bulldogs team, Kirby Smart is not going to take guys who are going to take plays off or give a lackluster effort, that's for sure. But I think North Carolina will come to play. But it's going to be probably a close game. But I think Georgia will pretty much get the nod in that one. Now, actually, you know, from a SIAC perspective, you've got Clark Atlanta on September 3rd taking on Tuskegee. And that is going to be, I think, a good game there. That game will be in Atlanta, and that will be featuring a great matchup, like I said, so uh, make sure that you check out ESPN3, and you'll be able to catch that game on September 3rd. So it uh, should be a sellout crowd over the Clark Atlanta University Stadium there as well. So uh, this is going to um, feature a rematch of the 2015 season opener that CAU lost on the road. The Panthers will be appearing in a televised game for the second time in two seasons, and kickoff will be at 7 p.m., like I said, you should be able to catch the game on ESPN3 or the Watch ESPN app. So uh, that should be a pretty good one there. And uh, Tuskegee always has a good fan base, and this year is going to be the same, no doubt about that. Morehouse, they will be taking on Edward Waters down in Jacksonville. That game will also kick off at 7 p.m. on Saturday, September 3rd. So we only have one more weekend in August, and of course, next week, Monday, it begins game preparation. Wow, can you believe that? Football game preparation already. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Now, let's talk a little baseball. As Jose Ramirez allowed a two hit, uh, I'm sorry, allowed a hit and a hit batter, but struck out the side of the seventh to get the victory. Uh, for the Braves over Arizona on Wednesday, Jake Barrett, who's 1-2 and two now in the season, he took the loss. And uh, Matt Kemp, he came through. He came through and actually put the Braves ahead uh, with a big uh, double. Actually, it should have been a triple, but I think they uh, gave him a two-base hit and an error on the right fielder. 
But uh, he said, I just feel it was the one pitch that hurt me, and that was to Kemp. That's what uh, Barry said. I tried to throw inside and missed the way. Jim Johnson pitched the scoreless night for his 11th save. Jake Lamb doubled in two runs, and Yasmini Thomas, uh, Tomas actually, singled in two in Arizona's four-run third. Lamb also doubled in the eighth, breaking out of a two-for-47 slump. Uh, Tomas left the game in the eighth with mid-back stiffness. But uh, the Braves starter Rob Whalen held Arizona hitless through two and a two-thirds innings, but never made it out of the third. With two outs, he walked three batters. The last two on four counts to load the bases for Tomas. After the two-run single, Whalen hit Wellington Castillo to load them again and bring up Lamb, who laced a two-run ground rule double into the Braves' bullpen down the right field line. And Arizona led 4-2. to two. That was it for Whalen in his fifth major league start. The Braves who scored five in the first inning in Monday night's 9-8 to eight loss, scored two in the first on Tuesday. And Arizona starter uh, Archie Bradley was fortunate it wasn't more. Mick Marquez singled in one run, and Tyler Flowers doubled in another. Chase Peterson walked to load the bases, but Dansby Swanson struck out looking to end the threat. Uh, Adonis Garcia doubled to start the fourth, took third on a ground out, and scored on Kemp's fly out to center to slice the Diamondbacks' lead to 4-3. to three. The Braves loaded the bases with one out in the third but failed to score. And in all, the Braves actually stranded eight runners in the first three innings. Freddie Freeman of the Braves went 0 for 3 to snap an 11-game hitting streak, and Freddie has been on a tear. But uh, the Braves do get the win on Tuesday night in Game Two of that four-game series, and of course, Game Three uh, will be tonight. As like I said, we record this program on Wednesday, August 24th. Uh, it is going to be uh, tonight, and the first pitch will be at 9:40. 9.40, so uh, that's going to be Eastern time. And let me tell you who the matchup is going to be, the pitching matchups. Uh, right-hander Julio Teron, who's the Braves' ace, uh, with, well, he's got a 4.89 ERA, but he gets to start in the third game of the four-game series. Teron was the last Braves starter to go more than six innings on July 17th. Um, but for the Diamondbacks, it's going to be a tough challenge. Zach Grinke who's 11-4 with a 4.21, makes his first home start since June 28th. He allowed two runs and seven innings in his last start at San Diego, but got no decision. So Julio Teron against Zach Grinke. You got ace versus ace. Oh, yeah. That should be a good one. That should be good. And if and if I had to really choose a side, who would it be? Would it be the Braves, maybe? Would it be Arizona, even though they're putting their ace on the mound? I'm going to go. I, I got to go home team. I got to go home team here. I, I mean, my home team. And that's the Braves. I think the Atlanta Braves, uh, they're playing some confident baseball. But I think they'll play. Uh, they might play sluggish to start the game. But I think that as the time goes on, if Green, if they can get to Grinky and get him out of the game, I think that they would have a chance to win this one. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think uh, the Braves could come away with a win here and uh, at least take three out of the four against the Diamondbacks. But trust me, Wednesday's game – will be tough. That is for sure. 
Jerron comes into this game with a three and nine record, and I'm sorry, two point nine zero ERA. But uh, like I said, you've got aces, ace versus ace, and uh, uh, actually, Jerron is three and one with a two point one two ERA against Arizona, so that could bode well in his favor. Yeah, so I, I uh, this might be a good try for the Braves to actually get a win and get some even more confidence as they go into uh, the final stretch of the season. Uh, the Braves, they did beat the Diamondbacks, like I told you, on Tuesday, 7-4, to four, and uh, they will round out the series on Thursday against the Diamondbacks at uh, 9.40 Eastern, and then they go to San Francisco for a weekend series against the Giants, and Friday's game is at 10.15 Eastern, Saturday 9.05 Eastern, Sunday is at 4.05 before they return home, and uh, that will be on Tuesday. So uh, good to see the Braves uh, at least trying to gain some confidence after they were in a slide. Boy, oh, boy, I think they lost like seven straight. Um, but, uh, wow, you know, they're they're bouncing back, and uh, good to see that. Um, I think that uh, sometimes they still have some lapses, but, for the most part, this is a young team. They've got Dance Dancy Swanson, uh, who they've called up, who I think that is going to uh be of course the future of this franchise. You can tell that. And I think that uh they are making some impact. So we'll we'll watch out to see what the Braves do as they go into the home stretch of their season going into September. So uh look for the Braves to be of course making some more moves as the uh off season fastly approaches for this team. And uh, the Braves will return home on Tuesday to face the San Diego Padres to start a series with them next week. All right, it's still Taylor Bay's voice with Kevin Taylor and hopefully were you like me? Did did you did you catch a lot of the Olympics? You know, I I love track and field. Great to see all the Olympians doing well. Now you focus on Tokyo in 2020. That will be here, boy, before you know it. And, you know, on the last program, I said, bring back baseball and softball. And you know what? You know what I found out? They're bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> boy, I I was just ecstatic to see that, that they are bringing back baseball and softball for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Yes, way to go, IOC. Yes, I love you. I do. I do. I do. (laughs) So get ready. Baseball is, of course, big in Japan, and uh, no doubt about that. But uh, they are going to be bringing it back for 2020, Glad of that, and uh, we can get to see some other action in four years, no doubt. But uh, the Olympic athletes are doing well. Um, they did well. You know, just congratulations to pretty much everyone who participated, all the medalists, and uh, even those who did not win. You know, you're still winners, and you still have time to maybe get back out. In Tokyo, you have a better opportunity, and uh really feel that, that we had a great group 
of Olympians uh, that took part, and uh, hopefully uh, that trend will continue in four years. Uh, the top five, of course, you got the United States. They had a total of 121 medals, 46 gold, 37 silver, 38 bronze. The United Kingdom was second with 67. China was third with 70. Russia was fourth with 56. And Germany was fifth with 42. So uh, congratulations to all the countries who participated. And also, like I said, to the United States bringing home the most medals in the 2016 Summer Olympics. Now, before we before we go, I, I have to share something with you. Now, how many of you watch TV a lot? You know, do you do binge watching? You know, I, I know a lot of people that, you know, they'll binge watch like Game of Thrones or Power or whatever the, the hottest show is right now. But, you know, it's another to devour a season in one day. But Alejandro, AJ Forgoso is on a different level. In April, the 25-year-old from Brooklyn set a Guinness World Record by binge-watching shows for, get this, 94 consecutive hours. Yes, 94 consecutive hours of binge-watching television. I don't think it could have been me, no doubt. (laughs) No way. He said, toward the end, my brain was struggling to comprehend a lot of what we were watching. Uh, The slower episodes with not a lot going on were easier for me to digest. It was around the beginning of the final day that I tried to watch Best Call Saul, Better Call Saul, rather, but I was so out of it. I was having trouble piecing together what I was watching. But uh, psychologists are split on the pros and cons of binge watching, and no long-term studies have yet been published. But everyone, including uh, Fergoso, will probably agree 94 hours is a bit ludicrous, and I have to agree with that. Yes, it, it is. 94 hours, I, I don't think so. When he finally managed to fall asleep, he said he stayed that way for 12 hours, after which he woke up, had some food and a celebratory drink. He had beer, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Then he probably went back to sleep for another 12 hours, and there was nothing on TV anyway. Yeah, after you watched 94 hours, I would guess not. (laughs) Wow. But congratulations to him on setting a Guinness Book of World Record for binge-watching a television, 94 hours. Unbelievable. But, uh, hey, congratulations to him. Hey, if you can do it, go ahead and do it, right? That's going to do it for this edition of TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. Make sure that you check out Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KevinTaylor98, and also Facebook and Twitter Twitter as I keep you updated as to what's going on in Atlanta sports. And also, when the next edition of TaylorMade Sports will be, all right? Never be discouraged, always encouraged. Until the next time, my friends, have a great week. I'm out. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.